0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good morning, church. Um, I've got a lot of notes, but I don't know that that means I'll be up here very long. So you should be encouraged it'll be out of here short, sweet to the point. Maybe. I know, aren't they nice? Jay, thank you for noticing. Yeah, I wore them just so Jay would notice. Um, No, they just sit in the closet and they stare at me like, you paid all this money and you don't wear me. Um, But today is a day of testimony. um, And so it's an exciting day. I shared... Just uh, three weeks ago, I shared with you all about the financial situation at the church and just what, what we were looking at. Just to be honest, because I, I, I don't have any interest in us not knowing the full story of what the Lord does as a congregation. There is no point in us as a staff knowing the miracles that the Lord works to keep this place going. And you who come here on Sundays, to, to not be included in that. And so we shared uh, of, of where we were in the need that uh, we just had to trust the Lord to provide so that when we ar- arrived in the provision, we would arrive together. And so I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, and I'll, I'll say it again uh, for weeks to come, but I, I shared this, that we could arrive in the provision together. And I just need to tell you that we're here. We, we are in this moment of Provision. Okay, Uh, amen. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, We are all here. Everyone was paid. No one went without. Um, Everything uh, looks good as as far as everybody staying employed and doing all those things. But in this process, it revealed two things. Um, The first thing that it revealed is that there is a staff here, here and now, that they are They are here because of an anointing, not because of a paycheck. And if they get paid or if they don't get paid, they're not going anywhere because it's theirs to do. And so that was very encouraging for me uh, to see that there is a staff that will continue to surround me no matter what the financial circumstances. They're going to minister to this community because that's what the Lord has said for them to do. And they really uh, just have come to this place on their own that I don't have any say in the matter. The Lord has anointed and I have said yes, and so I'm in it. And so that's been encouraging for me. They continued to work hard as if nothing had changed, moving forward in faith. And the second thing is this. And before I speak this, I'll give you a little backstory. Uh, I don't know how many know this, um, but, you know, my, my first job, um, outs- my first job where I had to turn in an application and actually apply for something and get a job was to be a lifeguard, which is like in the city. That's like the dream gig. I got to sit around by a pool, get super tan, and just sit there and get paid to sit there. And I got this really cool red swimsuit. So it was total package, the coolest thing ever for a lazy high schooler. And, but in that, I found a, a real love, not just for uh, what I would eventually study. It was just, just the human body. Uh, but I also really had a knack. And I guess it's just the personality type I am. I'm really good at emergency response stuff. Like, that's just, it just kind of makes sense to me. Um, I see all the things that can go wrong and how I need to fix all those things, which makes me a a very nervous parent. I don't have hair for a reason. I I say it's by choice, but I didn't have a lot of choice. I just got ahead of it a little bit. But I see when my kids are running, I see all the things that are possible to go wrong. I'm seeing them, as I said this in Sunday school, they, they've got this horrible habit of when they're chasing each other, they're looking at the one that's chasing them and not looking at where they're going. So their faces have become very accustomed to trees, the sides of trampolines, the back of cars, the side of the house. Um, and I've done one good thing for them. I said this again, it's, uh, I've given them a hard head. And so those things have received more damage than they have, uh, but they still haven't learned this lesson. Um, but anyways, it's, I, I, I can't help this, and I, I, you know, I, I received uh, emergency response uh, emergency action plan certifications in college. And that's, that was my job at the Rec Center was I was a part of a team that would establish an emergency action plan for different circumstances on our college campus active shooters. From that to lost children. I was part of a team that would do that. And so that's very natural in me. And so when we came to this point of looking at the finances, boom, started emergency action planning. And we started planning who wasn't gonna get paid, who was gonna lose it first, where we were moving funds so we could continue to pay bills, different things like that. Setting people up not to get paid, moving things around, myself included. But in this provision, you know, we come in this moment and uh, uh, Rhonda just lets me know, hey, we've got everything we need to, to pay everybody and continue moving forward. And so, you know, we're thanking God and we're excited. And in this place of provision, my wife just shares um, this word that, of revelation that she had was that. And I want to read this so I get this right. If we trust God to provide... We need to trust Him to provide everything. We need to stop giving God an out. It's like we're trying to do it for Him. Like, God, if I, if I take care of this over here, will you just provide this? Like, we've got to earn our way into the provision. Or we've got to, provide a, we've got to meet Him halfway, because God's a 50-50 God, right? He'll only meet you halfway if you don't come all the way. When, in your experience, has that been God? All He asks is that we say yes. But He meets us where we're at. He doesn't ask us to get up and, and, and go and earn our way into a relationship with him. He doesn't ask us to earn our, our provision. He just asks us to say yes and walk in obedience. And so I recognize this, that we were giving God an out. We were trying to make it easier for God. And it was comforting for us that if I make this the, what he needs to provide less, he's more likely to provide it. Like that is not the God that we serve. That is not the God that we serve. And we have done this. We've, we've always done this. We've always done this as a church. And we're not doing it anymore. Because every single time as we have planned for the finances to struggle, and we've planned to do these things and all this different stuff, every time the Lord has provided everything we needed, not just what we set, left Him room to provide for. He has always provided in fullness, never in part. And that is who God is. And so we need to trust him to be the God who will provide what we need. Amen. Because he always will. But then this thought process began. And if you'll turn with me to Matthew 7, we'll start there. This thought process began. I don't really know. How this originated, but I, I began, and you know that the Lord speaks to me through songs, but all of a sudden, on Christ the solid rock I stand started to play through my mind. And I didn't know why. I, I just, you know, me, I'm casually going about my day, and that's the song in my head, and I'm just singing it, and whatever, we're just going about our day. I'm not thinking about anything else. But then I really started to think about that line that I was singing. The Lord in this in this season has has been quick to remind me of the words that we sing on Sundays and the words that I'll sing in the car. And he'll really get in my face about it. You don't believe that word. Or do you believe that word that you're singing? When you when you sing of these songs of provision and me, me uh, and the world uh, being changed and All these things happening, the Lord bringing new wine, the Lord working miraculously. Do you believe it when you sing it or do you just sing it because it's the words that shown up on the screen? Right. We've talked about this. The Lord oftentimes will not let me move past a worship set without quoting some of the songs that we just sang because he wants us to mean what we sing and know that it's true. And so on Christ, the solid rock I stand was running through my mind and we'll be in Matthew 7 verse 15. And now we're reading verse 15 to lead up to verse 21. These passages are meant to be read together, but in verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes bushes or figs from the hills? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased trees bad fruit. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the, stand, on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. So this question, as I'm singing this song and it, this line is existing in my head, on Christ the solid rock I stand. I, I'm asked this question, how Do we know He is the solid rock without experiencing the solid rock? How do we know? How do we know that the sand would wash away and that the rock would remain? Test it. Stand upon it. Build upon it. And we saw the fruit of it. We saw the evidence of what was built upon this. But it had to first be a choice. The man who built his house upon a rock had the same choice to build it upon sand as the other, but he chose the rock. And we have to choose to stand upon Christ the solid rock. Romans 10 will be where we are next. If you can get there quickly, Romans 10 verse 5. It'll be on the screen. For Moses writes about righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says... Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. Sorry, I lost my place. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down or who will descend into the to the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And how are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the spoken word of Christ. All that to say that hearing, that word is one of the most significant words found in that passage because it speaks of a present tense. A continuation in hearing. Not having heard, not will hear. Having hearing right now. A present tense. An ability to hear the spoken word of God right now as we exist. An active choice. And in this choice and in this choosing to hear Him and to walk in obedience to Him and to build our lives upon Him, faith increases. And faith is the evidence of encounter. Amen? Faith is the evidence of encounter. We, we have a saying in the world that you've just got to have faith, but we know better than that. You cannot have faith for a circumstance if you have not had the encounter before. You cannot hope that faith will just arrive in a moment that you need it. If you have not put the faith in the account, it, you will not have faith adequate for the moment. And faith comes from encounter. That is the only way that faith increases is through encounter. And so faith is increasing in this room even now. Faith is he who calls you. Faithful is he who calls you who will also do it. He has called us and he has also done it. I did not do anything extra. No staff did anything extra that we could earn more money, that we could continue to receive a paycheck and keep the lights on. None of that happened. We continue to move forward in obedience and faithful is he who calls who will also do it. So faith is increasing in this room because we have arrived in this place of provision together. Now I'll tell you right now, there is not, I don't know, four, let's, 400 million dollars. Like if there was that in the account, we would probably never worry about money ever again. And we would just start getting it. Spending it like crazy. Building new stuff. That is not in the account. Unfortunately, it's not in the account or fortunately. And as I was sitting with that, I I saw this number. And it it was exactly what we needed right now. And so that leads us to this next place that we could find ourselves again. We could immediately, immediately start planning... Start planning to try to take care of some of God's work, so they de- doesn't have to provide the full thing. I mean, we could find ourselves there, right now. But God provided exactly what we needed when we needed it. Is is He supposed to do anything else? Does He say He He needs to do anything else? Are the lights still on? Are we still here? He's done exactly what He said He will do. And so we're going to move forward in faith knowing that He will continue to do exactly what He said He will do. He did it and He does it. So, now for us. Where in your life are you planning for the emergency? Where in your life are you trying to do the work halfway for God hoping that He'll do the rest? Where in your life are you not trusting God to be God in fullness? Where in your story are you only trusting Him to be God to you in part? We need to deal with that this morning. Because that is not meant to exist in the people of God. We do not need more people running around with the question mark about what the days ahead will bring. We don't need more people running around trying to figure out how they're going to make it work out for themselves. God has not ever asked us to do that. He has never asked us to strive and pursue and work as hard as we can to figure it out on our own. That is not your job. Your job, our job is to say yes and amen to what he brings. And walk in faithfulness to him who has been faithful to us first. To encounter him on a regular basis that when the moments come, there would be faith adequate for the the moment that has just presented itself to us. To know that my God is the God that provides in full, not in part. My God is the God that brings reconciliation in full, not in part. Jesus did not give us the ministry of reconciliation in part. He is reconciling the world back to God and He has given us this ministry that would reconcile the world back to God, not a part of the world, not some of the world, the entirety of it. Because all things were made for Him and all things were made through Him. And so what God does, He does in full, He does not do in part. And so where in your life are you planning for God to only answer you in part? In lay that down this morning. And for those of us in here, there's an area in all of us and we may not know it and he'll bring us to discovery of that this week I know and he's bringing it to our minds right now as we sit here. And so with that, I need us to hear these are things that we know to be true but I need us to hear these things again. I need you to know and I need us to hear that we are chosen ones. We are God's children. We are sons and daughters. And we are not meant to plan for God to not be faithful. He is only faithful. He knows nothing else but faithful. God knows nothing else but faithfulness. He created it and it's who He is. He is completely and 100% always faithful. And we have been adopted into victory. So much of our planning, an, to, to, an emergency action plan is a defensive thing. This has happened, and now we have to defend against more happening or we have to respond. But it's in reaction to something. And when has God called us to be people who react to things that go around and happen around us? He, that, is to, that is for us to be the difference. In this, in this world, is that we would not be those that react to what everybody reacts to. We are not meant to react, only walk in obedience. We're not meant to respond. I'm so sick of hearing <laughs> preachers and they're asked, well, what, what, how would you respond? It's like, Dude, just shut up, please, just shut up. But no, they don't shut up. They start talking about how they would respond. And they answer the question correctly, but that is not the... the The answer that is needing to be heard because we don't need to hear from them, we need to hear from him. We don't need to hear how I, you don't need to know how I, Parker Latimer, will respond. We need to see him. We need to see how he responds, how he moves, how he lives, how he breathes. We don't need to see more of us. We have been adopted into victory. Every time we emergency action plan, we are speaking from a place of defeat. We are planning from a place of defeat. We are not existing and operating in a place of victory. How can you operate in a place of victory if you are planning for the worst? How can you operate in a place of victory if you are planning for him to only answer in part? That means you doubt the fullness of God to you. That is not victory. That is defeat. And you are not children of defeat. You should not know it. You have died and been raised into new life with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. I am a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And the new that has come has come in a place of victory. It has been born in victory, in only victory. It is not not ever known defeat. But we choose it. And even if we choose it, Like we have so many times in the past, like I did this last time, I chose defeat, that God will only answer in part, which is a place of defeat. He still answered in fullness. Because no matter how I try to operate in defeat, He still operates in victory. And He still still brings me into victory. We are victorious. The title of your story is victorious. And there is to be evidence of nothing else but victory in your story. Because we are victors, we are born in it, we live in it, and we are made for it. So now here comes the, the weird part of the day. Um, reluctantly enough, the Lord showed me something that I really didn't want to do. And I still really don't want to do it. But we're going to do it anyways. Because I want to say yes and amen to whatever he has for us. And why he has us doing this, I don't know. I just know this is what we're supposed to do. So at this time, I'd like for you to stand. And this is, this is for everyone. This is not an exercise. We're going to sing a song together. And this is not an exercise in worship. I don't care how you worship. This is not what that is. This is we're going to do something, and this is not an attempt to get you to be hand raisers or dancers or anything like that. This is just obedience. So I would ask you, please operate in obedience to what the Lord has shown for us for this house this morning. I saw all of us in perfect unity doing this. And this was not this was not as we were responding to musical worship. This was responding in obedience to what God has shown and only that. Okay. so this is for everyone to do everyone to do it. Okay. I don't know what the Lord has for us. But I believe if we are to be entrusted with much and if we are to be entrusted with the great and magnificent and mighty things of God, we must first be found faithful and trustworthy with the small things he asks of us. Amen. And this is a small thing that he asks of us this morning. To see us trust him with this, that he could then trust us with much. Amen. That is what I want for this place. I, wanted, I want us to be trusted with much not with little. So, all I saw, I don't know why my bathroom has been the place of revelation uh, <laughs> this week, uh, but we, we were simply singing this song, Holy and Anointed One. Um, old song, easy song, and I'm using Jay to play the piano so we can't hear how bad it sounds. And everyone that's attending online, I would ask you to do this in your homes, wherever you find yourselves, in your car to the best of your ability without um, doing something illegal. Um, But what I saw is every one of us, myself included, we had our hands raised and we had our eyes closed and we sang this song in unison together. And we just went through it and we just sang this song once. And then once the song ends... You, you worship however you want to worship. That will be the time of worship. But right now, how we are to worship him is in obedience. Period. Okay? So we're going to begin to sing this song. Everyone that's attending online, again, they'll be able to hear me in here, but I'm turning off the mic. So, uh, we're, not, we're not negotiating that. I want this to be a time of worship, not distraction. So I'm going to turn off my mic and... Lead us in this and we're just going to close our eyes. We're going to lift our hands and we're going to sing this song to sing this song to sweet King Jesus, who has who has always been faithful and always been the one that comes and delivers in fullness, not in part and everything that you are expecting him to deliver in part is to be laid down in this moment, knowing that he will only deliver in fullness Only deliver in fullness because that is all he knows how to do. He does not know how to deliver to his children in part because he is a good and perfect father. So he delivers in fullness. So these areas in your life where you have been planning around the fullness of God and expecting less than a victorious one should expect. Lay those down. Lay those places down. Give the Lord authority to give you all that he wants to give you in fullness. Heaven is not a storage facility and it is full of what we do not expect God to give us. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.